All right. I want you guys to stand just for a minute, if you don't mind. Um, so while we were busy last night, I just had this sense that I just want to bless you guys this morning before we start. Is that okay? So I want you to stretch out your hands. And the scripture that came to mind last night is what the Lord blesses, no man shall curse, right? And I kept seeing, uh, and Andre prayed about it last night as well, but I kept seeing these words, these idle words that's hanging over believers in the room. And it's words, it's like word curses. Maybe it's self-inflicted, maybe it's somebody that said those things over you. But I felt like we're going to bless you. I want to bless you as a son of God. Um, that's the only reason why I'm allowed to do it. That's the only reason why you're allowed to do it, right? And just bless you. And what the Lord blesses, no man shall curse, right? And in this blessing, I also pray that the fear of the Lord will come upon our lives. And where there's sin, where we need to turn to step into the grace of God, that you will do that as well, okay? So, Father, I come as a son, and I thank you for what you did on the cross and that we are blessed in the Son but I just bless every person in this room. I speak blessing over your life. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are blessed and what God blesses, no man will curse in the name of Jesus. Every curse, every idle word, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus today. And we declare the grace, the mercy, the glory, and the blessing of the Lord upon your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. So you can sit down again, unless you don't want to. All right. Um, what I, I felt like when I was praying, I'm like, I'm so excited. I've got so many things I want to share and then I felt like the Lord said, no, hang, just come and stir things. I'm like, what, do you, what does that even mean? So I, I, I don't know what that means. This might be really messy, so I'm just going to stir things. I'm just going to speak whatever comes to mind. No, not whatever. That's very, that, that would be bad. But my redeemed mind, all right? I'm going to go for that part, all right? And we're just going to share what the Lord has. Oh, Sonica, I, you, I said I have a word for you, and you are excited, so I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> you. You can just sit and receive it, but... Um, what I saw last night, I saw you worshiping, and I want to I say this to you. I see a, a season um, of tears coming to you, but wait. Um, it's like, that's a horrible word. Please stop speaking. <laughs> no, I see a season of tears coming upon your life, but it's the reverse of what it used to be. It's tears of joy. And what I saw is I saw how you would cry before the Lord um, about the worship the heart of worship that you felt you're not seeing. And it wasn't a critique on people. It was, it was like you saw his worth and you felt, Lord, I'm not, it's like, where is the worship that is worthy of who you are? And it was last night you were busy uh, worshiping and I just looked at you and I felt like the Lord said that the tears that is coming will be the tears of joy for what you've labored in prayer because people will see and they will start worshiping out of that place. I saw how the spirit of praise comes upon you in a mighty, mighty way. And the season of mourning, heavy hearts will be healed out of that season. But the spirit of praise is going to come upon you in a, in a whole different way than what you've experienced before. And it's going to break yokes more and more and more. And also I saw your, your index finger and I saw it turn to silver. 
And um, the Lord said to me that there's a healing, it's like you're a healing prophet. Your words, you, you will bring restoration through speech. Where, wherever you speak, it's going to be restoration. It's going to be redemption. And you're going to see that in an increased way. So it's almost like you're this, this grace on your life to speak into people's hearts. And there's tremendous restoration that will come. And I even see how that was attacked in a season and how people kind of tried to silence that. Or I, I don't know if it was that you just felt it's not, like flashy enough, I don't know how to put it, but it's the Lord says that this is the grace on your life and it's a redemptive, it's a redemptive thing that's on your life. And as you speak, because it's the index, it's, it's prophecy, as you declare, this healing thing is going to happen, but that connects with the spirit of praise. It's the same thing. The spirit of praise is not weak, it's the lion. So it's that roar and I really feel like that thing is going to roar out of you in a whole, a whole new way in this season. So that's what I felt. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and even uh, Andre, just a short thing. So last night when you were speaking, um, I just like the clarity, like the grace on your life, and I, you probably know, you know that, but, but the, the clarity that you bring in the prophetic is phenomenal. You know, I even speak to my team about it. It's just beautiful how you bring clarity. Uh, it's, this, it's like, um, it's almost when you minister, it's quiet in the spirit in a really good way. It's like there's a peace, right? And that clarity that you bring is something that the Lord's going to continue to increase. But I also saw as you were ministering, I saw, I saw an angel standing next to you and I asked the Lord, what is this about? And the Lord said, it's an angel of acceleration. And I see how things in your life is, is going to accelerate tremendously and it's ministry, but it's also about the distance, if I can put it like that, the distance between releasing a word and manifestation that is going to accelerate. And I see how you're going to release stuff and the, and, and the manifestation is going to be quicker and quicker and quicker. That's miracles in other words. So, and I really saw how the Lord brings that thing. And I also saw how you've been praying, um, like you've been saying, Lord, I'm willing uh, to stand before kings. I'm willing to stand before governmental leaders. And I feel like the season is coming for that. I see like in the next two years, how the Lord really, and I know you've tapped into that a little bit, but I see how the Lord raises you up to high level government officials and now you will sit and you'll become this wise counsel because of the clarity uh, that you carry and the humility of it. But it's clear. It's not fluffy. It's not, there's no pollution to it. Your heart is pure. There's integrity. And I see how that clarity is really going to help. And it's going to start shifting nations, literally, because you're going to speak on that level of influence. And it will bring sh short, s small changes, but it will bring massive effect in the end. So I just wanted to share that with you as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what I, what I want to share with you guys, Andre, just give me a benchmark of time. I just want to see, when must I be done? You'll <laughs> 2013, that is plenty of time. Oh my gosh, it's like too much. Like the first time I got invited to preach was in 2007, so I just got born again. And uh, I got invited to preach at a Dutch Reformed church. Now, that's really scary in itself. But I grew up in that church. And the guy said, you have uh, two messages, morning and evening, but you only have 12 minutes. And I'm going, oh, that's never going to work. Like, that's like my introduction. Then I'm done. How do you do 12 minutes? Anyway, and I'm preparing for weeks for this event. So I show up and I preach. And I mean, I preach my little heart out. It's like all, all the revelation I have is it's out there. And I'm done in the, it's a Duomini. And the Duomini looks at me and he's like, uh, 
nine minutes. I don't know what to do with the remaining three minutes, right? <laughs> anyway, so, but I think I can fill this, all right? <laughs> anyway, I want you to open your Bibles in John chapter 14, all right? Um, so I want to read you one of the most insane prophecies in Scripture it is frightening because it's the Son of God, Jesus himself, who prophesies this over all believers. Say all believers. Over all believers. Over all believers. Right? This is the most inclusive prophecy in history. Because <laughs> it's Jesus. Right? This is, this, this is like you can take it at any moment, at any time. It's one of the scariest prophecies, and yet I feel in my own life that I've given not enough attention to it. Right, so I want to I want to step into that, and what I want you to to see this morning is, you know, Andre asked me before, why do you like the prophetic, or why do you think it's important? The reason is that the voice of God carries creation. Right, Hebrews one verse three, and all of creation is upheld by the power of His word. So the minute that God's voice enters the earth through us, through visitation, through dreams, through prophetic utterance, through the scripture, doesn't matter. The minute that his voice steps in, the realm of creativity is released around us. And the very DNA of God steps into this reality. Okay? So his voice carries his DNA. That's what Andre touched on last night. His voice carries the very essence, the very nature, the very power of God is released through utterance when we, when we speak. Right? Prophecy is not a good idea. It's a must. It's a must. And if you only think of prophecy in light of what we maybe do from the frontier or a guy standing like Andre or both Andres, right? AK and AB. No, it's not cool. We'll get there. Um, if, if that's the only thing you see, you're missing the point, right? Prophecy is something we become. We become a prophecy. My whole life is supposed to prophesy about who Christ is, right? John 1 verse 1 and in the beginning was what? The Word. Okay, we all know who that is. In the beginning, who's the beginning? It's Jesus. Beginning and the end is the... the so in the beginning, so right from the get-go, Genesis 1.1, you see the revelation of Christ through everything until the end of Revelation. Christ is the center of the whole story, and He is the Word. And when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, the very nature, the capacity of God to create and shape creation back into its original order was released. Do you understand? It's not a small thing that is called the Word. It's not a small thing. Because the Word is what releases the nature, the power, the ability of God into creation. And that sets us up in a place where it's not far away, but it's tangible. It's right here. It's right here. It's not far off. It's in your face. It's here. It's in front of us. Right? Remember, all speech will be invaded by something. Psalm 22, verse 3. He inhabits what? 
the praises of His people. Whatever you speak will be invaded by something or someone. When I'm, this, when I'm speaking the excellencies, the truth, the revelation of God, He will invade that. When I'm speaking the heart of the earth, the demonic will invade that. But it will be invaded. It will create. Right? It creates something around us. And what concerns me sometimes is when we, because I'm speaking to believers most, hey, to the online guys, hey. <laughs> I'm speaking to believers mostly, right? What concerns me sometimes is when us as believers have something as powerful as Scripture and we make declaration, but the declaration is not birthed out of revelation or understanding about that word. So we become an empty gong. We just make a noise. And then things don't work the way we want it to, and we're extremely confused about it. But it's because you can quote Scripture out of fear. Yeah. You can pray awesome promises, but it's the wrong heart behind it. Right? But when it's birthed out of intimacy, when it's birthed out of revelation, that word carries the nature of God. So for all prophecy, for all declaration to, to actually have the power that it's intended to be, it must be birthed out of a listening ear. Are you, are you guys with me? Okay. Is, I know it's early on a Saturday, so is, is it fine? Can we just keep going? Psalm 40, verse 6, 7, and 8, it says, Sacrifice an offering I, I did not desire. Yes? So what is that? It's externals. It's actions. It's what I do. It says, that's not what I've desired. But I have desired an ear that will hear. What is that? That's a relationship. That's intimacy. That's friendship with God. So some of us are really good at offering sacrifices and offerings, even in speech, because it's the right thing to do. But it wasn't birthed out of a hearing ear. The greatest intentions out of season with God will not produce the fruit that you need. Right? Martha and Mary is serving good. But serving out of season is not. <laughs> yeah? And how do you know the difference? It's a hearing ear. It's a listening ear. I just said to the guys before, maybe you had an awesome ear. Bless you. I'm not angry at you. Love you. <laughs> Our year has been a little bit challenging. A little bit. And I said with the Lord, I'm like, Lord, what, what is going on? And he said to me, it's, um, let me just do this. Otherwise, I'm going to irritate you. Holding on, letting go. There we go. All right. 
And I said, Lord, what, what's going on? Because it, it literally feels like I'm stuck in the mud. Has anybody felt like that a little bit? It's like good things are happening. Don't get me wrong. Awesome things are happening, but it's just like, what's going on? You know, <laughs> I need traction. I don't feel like I'm getting traction. And I said, Lord, what's going on? And, and um, I, actually, I watched the very, uh, I did something very holy. I watched the TV show with my kids, right? So that was where it happened. Hannah was in the room. And, um, uh, and this thing came to me. It's the Lord said it, we went through a season of birthing, okay? It's not a negative what has been taking place. It was a birthing season. And I haven't given birth myself, right? But I know people close to me that did. And um, I studied her a little bit. You're so pretty. I studied her a little bit during that season. And um, what I noticed is that after birth, she's definitely happy about the baby being born. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't like she, like she was full of energy. She wasn't bouncing around in the house and just like, ooh, you know, flowers and yay. It was a bit of a recovery period needed, right? It's slow. It's, it's awesome, but it's painful. It's, it, it transforms your whole life. Everything changes in a minute Then that little bundle of joy <laughs> drops in your hand, especially if they have like reflux or something. <laughs> like, there you go, right? It, it does change, it affects everything, but physically you're exhausted and vision in that season is not great because vision is limited to what's in your hand, right? I feel like we went through a birthing season. The baby has actually been delivered, right? And we are, the, the reason why we felt what we felt is because we are waiting for seed, word, that's why this weekend's important, we are waiting for seed to come that's going to direct us, that's going to impregnate us for the season to come because something new needs to be released, right? Now, I, this is not an R-rated speech, but for impregnation to take place, <laughs> intimacy is necessary. God is calling us to him. That's what's happening. He's calling us to him. The revivals in America is a call to him. It's not a visionary revival in terms of this nation, that nation, this. It's a call to the king, to the heart of the king, because a, a listening ear is what he's looking for. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what happened to John 14? I'm getting there. Just wait. <laughs> I did not forget. He wants to give you a vision, but he's calling you to him. It's a quiet season in the Lord, and it's good. It's good. Ezekiel 1, verse 1, whole build-up. And then the last little phrase, and the heavens opened and I had visions of God. The heavens opened and I saw visions of God. I want to tell you, you need a vision of Jesus in the season that's going to carry you for what is to come. We need a fresh revelation of Christ, who he wants to be in this hour, so that we can move forward and stand in whatever test, trial, wind, tribulation, whatever it is that will come. Because it will come. 
In 2017, I was standing in a church just, just up the road here, and I was minding my own business, just worshiping Jesus, just like we did today. And I've had encounters, I've had promises, we've seen some glorious things. And the next minute, I'm, I'm worshiping, and, um, and I'm, I'm just standing, my eyes closed, I'm enjoying Jesus. It was this interesting conference that I was part of. And, um, and the next minute, it's the heavens opened, right? I can't explain it to you, it just happened. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's not because I'm special or you're special. It's just what he does. That's who he is. He can do whatever he wants whenever he wants to do it because he's God. But when my heart is fixed on him, it opens all kinds of possibilities. When I'm not distracted with the noise of the world around me, we're, we're, we're distracted right now. We shouldn't be. We need intense focus as South Africans, Right? And the next minute, the, the heavens opened, and he ripped that curtain open, and I saw him. I saw Jesus like I've never seen him before. It wasn't a vision. I don't know what, how to describe it, but I saw him. And I'm standing in front of Jesus in all his glory and all his brilliance, his face shining like the sun, the warmth that you feel around him is mind-blowing. And I'm just standing there and I'm going, what? This is like this is a prayer of my heart for, since I got born again for 11 years. I'm like, Lord, I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you. And in a moment, he just rips it. And I have this moment with the king. It wrecked me. I would, we would drive back from Pretoria because we did trips in Pretoria. And I, would just, I would just sit in the car and cry. I would just think, I would just weep. Because I saw him, right? What was the fruit of it? For 11 years, we were fasting and praying to raise the dead. A week after that, we did it. Nothing impacts us like moments like that. And my prayer has been, Lord, would you rip that curtain open for everyone? What if he just rips it open in a moment? What if evangelism, I'm like going, ah, oh, what if evangelism starts looking like that? We just preach and the next minute he just rips the curtain open and they just see him. It doesn't even matter what we say. And it's Isaiah 6 verse 1, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, exalted. Isn't that what we want? But it requires a hearing ear. It requires that we settle down in the season and go, Lord, I'm giving you my ear. I'm listening. I'm being intimate. I'm going to waste time on you, <laughs> right? So that I can become the one that speaks the rhema word that carries that creative power around it. That's what we want. And you go, oh, I don't see in the spirit. I don't this and that. doesn't matter. I didn't think I do either. And some will see him. Some will see him. Some will see him. Doesn't matter how you see him. Just, just see him. Find him. Let him breathe on something in your life and awaken that thing on the inside of you. I have to use these words because that's the title. Fire on the earth. Luke 12. Luke 12. I want to read it to you because... I'm still getting to John 14. I know you're nervous, but 
I'm not. Luke 12 is Jesus speaking, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Forgive me for that. Okay. It says, 12 verse 49, it says, I have come, it's Jesus speaking, it says, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already ablaze with fiery passion for God. <laughs> it's Jesus speaking, saying, listen, I've come for this purpose. I always read that verse and I thought it's judgment, but the more I read it, I'm like, it's not. He says, I have come to cast fire on the earth, and oh, how I wish that it was already ablaze with passion for God. It's the Son of God saying, this is my destiny, this is my purpose, is to set people on fire with passion for the Father. That's was, that was the desire. The desire was that the Word will come and it will burn in us something so that we'll step back into a relationship with our Father because these are the ones that's going to change the world. These are the ones that's going to set the earth on fire with Him, but it begins with a blazing heart on your inside. The verse right after, two verses after, he says, that's the verse where he comes. He says, I did not come to unite, but I came to divide. And we all always go, what does that mean? He says, father will turn against son and mother against daughter, all of those things. What is it? What is the dividing line that he's speaking about? It is a burning heart for him. It's passionate lovers of Jesus Christ. They will be the one that set the standard that will divide because some will be cold and some will be absolutely on fire. He's looking for passionate lovers of God, ones that will see him, ones that will hear, ones that will release the rhema word of God wherever they go because they will create a different atmosphere everywhere, Right? John 14. And I know you know these verses, but I want you to see it from a different perspective just for a minute. Verse 10, it says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Right? So, so what is the build-up? Oneness, intimacy with God. That's, that's it. And he goes, do you not believe? He says, don't you believe? Can't you see it? People cannot see your relationship with God necessarily. I can't judge how deep Andre is going with the Lord just on this. Do you understand? But then he goes and he, and he, and he clarifies one or two things. He says, the words I say to you, I do not say on my own initiative. Words again, do you see it? So intimate people will speak words initiated by the Father. That's a rhema word, by the way. Man shall not live of bread alone, but of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is that. It's words initiated by the Father. That's the people he's looking for. He says, are you intimate with me? Can you see the fruit of intimacy? Look at the way they speak. What is coming out of their mouth? Is it life or is it death? Is it faith or is it fear? Is it wisdom of this world or is it the wisdom of God? What is being released out of them? 
Because if you're in the Father and the Father is in you, which is true, because that's John 17, if you are one, then your speech surely must change. How does speech change when the heart changes? It's a listening ear. It's a listening ear. And he says, I do not say on my own initiative or authority, but the Father so beautiful. But the Father abiding continually in me does his works. He's attesting miracles and acts of power. But the Father abiding continually in me. What a beautiful idea. And it's not an idea, it's a truth. He does live in you. He lives in me. He lives in you. That's the, that's the deal. That's why we're in the new covenant. Old covenant, Moses had to run to that tent of meeting. And then God would show up at the door. New covenant, the tabernacle. And the word became flesh and dwelt, tabernacled among us. The tabernacle, the word comes and dwells inside of you. You don't have to run to a tent. The tent is in you and you, you're his tent. Isn't that awesome? And the glory is on us, the glory is in us, the glory is around us, because he's abiding in us. But you've got to live aware of it. You've got to live with a sense of purpose, destiny, he's abiding continually, he's got this desire to be with me. And you. Right? Doesn't matter your past. Doesn't matter what you've done. He still wants to be with you. Because you're like him. And that's not your idea, that's his idea. So get over yourself. I said this before, pride is when you resist the highest authority's word over your life. And he says, I want to be with you. He says, I love you. He says, I loved you while you were still a sinner. And we go, I don't know if that's true. No, that's pride. If God said that's the way, then we go, yes, sir, yes, boss. Right? Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. This is so good. Otherwise, believe me because of the very works themselves which you have witnessed. So now it's interesting. Now he goes from words spoken to works. So if we can get that, that would help. That a miracle is as much as a word is a word. A sign and a wonder is as much a word as a word spoken. It's the same thing. They all prophesy of the same one. They all declare the glories of the same one. It's Jesus. It's all speaking of the same thing, that God is among us. His word is here. His very nature, his DNA is here. It's upholding everything. And when I release a word, if it's the miraculous, if it's prophecy, it doesn't matter. But he invades that and things start happening because I'm one with him. I have a listening ear and I'm speaking out of his initiative. I'm speaking out of his initiative. And he says, if you don't want to believe my words, then look at my works. What I'm going for today is a supernatural prophetic generation. It's Elijah and Elisha that said things and signs and wonders followed. 
So it's prophecy confirmed by the miraculous, right? It's a manifestation of the presence of the Lord around us because that's what we need. We need transformation in our communities. We need transformation in the villages, in the townships, in your workplace. How are you going to bring that about unless the presence is with us? Unless we set a table for the Lord with our speech, with our oneness with God, and he says, I can visit that. With that, I can work. And like Andre said last night, so beautifully, it's not about your holiness or our perfection. It's uh, David was a disaster in all, <laughs> you know, in all accounts of the word, yet he's the man after God's heart. Jesus calls him, the father calls him the son, Jesus, the son of David. How? What did he get right? Intimacy. He had a listening ear. It's not about us. It's about allowing him to be himself through us and in us. The father continuously abiding in me. And you go, Hank, that's not the way I feel. doesn't matter. How do you awaken that? Through words. Remember? Because words pull heaven in. So what do I do? I feel far away from the father. No, Father, thank you that you are abiding continuously in me. And you sit on that word and you meditate and you speak it and you mull it over in your heart until it becomes the reality, your experiential reality, because it's already a spiritual law, it's a truth. But as I rest in that, something starts happening, right? The Word becomes flesh. Think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. What happened to her? She got a Word. Yeah? I know it was Gabriel, so I know what you're saying, but I mean, it's still a Word, right? What's the Word? <laughs> Mary, you shall be impregnated by heaven and you will carry the Savior of the world. Oh, okay. Lack of word. Liffy, the word cry. You won't believe it, Liffy. <laughs> yeah? So, what does she do? Let it be unto your will. So what, what happens on the inside of her? This word becomes flesh. The Son of God literally gets birthed inside. Everything in Mary's life came to a standstill. And one thing mattered, one thing. This promise. And then finally this thing gets birthed. Just a parenting question. 
if you're raising the son of God, what kind of pressure does that put on you? It's like, do I spank? Do I? I don't know. It's like, is he allowed to speak back to me? Because, I mean, he's like actually the boss. I don't know how this works, right? But her whole life is centered around this Messiah. Every time she speaks, it's literally God in the room. He's right there. How do you, what, what does that produce around you in your whole life is living aware of this one that you cradled and now is growing up and you're raising this prophetic promise, stewarding this thing in the direction that the Lord wants it. How does that shape your heart? How does that shape your heart? Until one day when she couldn't take it anymore. We spoke about it the other day with friends. John chapter 2. And Mary, Mary carried these promises and these truths and she pondered it in her heart. By the way, that's how you keep abiding. She just keep pondering these words you carry it in your heart you live aware of this little thing that's running around you it's going to be the messiah it doesn't look like much now i mean it's missing is there just like every other child all of that but this is the messiah it often doesn't look the way you want it to look yeah doesn't mean it's not the messiah And she raises it, raises it until John chapter 2. And she's like, I've had enough. It's time for manifestation. Why? Because she's been pondering this thing in her heart. It, it, the season came. The season of manifestation came. And she looks to Jesus. She's like, Jesus, they've run out of wine. He's like, what does that to do with me, woman? You see, now that, I could never say that to my mom. I would be in trouble, right? But... <laughs> What has that got to do with me, woman? And she just flat out ignores him. And she turns to the guys and she says, hey, whatever he says to you, do that. She's carried something for so long, right? She's carried it for so long, pondering it for so long. And the season is here. She's been intimate. She's been watchful. She's been aware. She's been stewarding, nurturing this promise into its fullness. And finally, the time comes, and he says, uh-uh. <laughs> and she says, open heaven. Lord, do whatever he says. What does she do? She puts this, what's that, the fifth commandment on him. You shall honor your father and your mother. <laughs> But there's something about that. She actually used the word. She used the word, the logos, the written word. And the rhema steps in and water is turned into wine. That's how manifestation happens. It's this listening ear, nurturing it, letting it grow. And then when the time comes, it's marrying the two. In humility, in the fear of the Lord. And what happens? The Lord does the impossible. 
and empty vessels are filled. Isn't that glorious? Empty vessels are filled, by the way. Hello? Empty vessels are the ones that will be filled. Right? We, we were in Vietnam one time. We're, we're ministering there, and um, it's underground churches. It's communist nations, so it's, it's not like hey, let's have a conference. It's kind of like we show up at somebody's house and then Bush Telegram starts moving and then we gather and then we hope that they don't come, right? So we're ministering there and um, it's tough. Like nothing is flowing. It's not happening. It's, it's just so hard. And I'm sitting with my friend and um, it was so funny because we were drinking green tea the whole time. It makes you very sleepy. So he's like passed out the whole time. <laughs> we're in these meetings and they're just pouring green tea on us and he just, he can't handle it. Anyway, so it was funny. So, um, so I'm sitting there and nothing is flowing. It's not happening. It's not breaking through. It's like a, this uh, stalemate situation almost in the spirit. And I'm like, Lord, we're not seeing miracles. We're, nothing is happening. It's just so dead, you know, this, this difficult situation. And I feel the Lord just telling me, just say, just start prophesying. I'm like, okay. It wasn't high on my agenda, not because I didn't, didn't love it. It just felt so, you know. And um, so I'm like, okay. So I'm just like, wake up my friend, Martin, green tea guy. I'm like, let's go. And, um, and we just start prophesying. We just start giving people words. The first words were really hard to get out. I think the atmosphere is just tough, you know. And it was just hard. But the more we did it, it just started flowing. And literally that same day, miracles start breaking out. Like we had nothing for days. And the minute we started uttering the word of the Lord, releasing the word of the Lord, destiny, he invades, right? And I mean, we had blind eyes open. We had wild miracles, people going into visions and trance. It was amazing, right? But from absolutely nothing to instantaneously almost things happening. Why? Just because the word was released out of our mouths, right? The listening ear and the word that releases the grace of God. And suddenly he steps into that, right? Because this is where it goes to. It's intimacy, 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 verse 12. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, hold on, where is he speaking this from? Just, just pause for a moment. I am in the Father and the Father is in me and nothing I say is initiated out of my own authority. If you don't want to believe my words, then believe my works. And he goes, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, right? This is Jesus prophesying exactly, modeling exactly what he said he's going to do. He's, he's in the Father. The Father is in him. The Father says to him, I want you to prophesy this over a generation to every believer that will ever walk the earth. I, assuredly, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me, that's like whatever, that's pretty inclusive. Anyone, right? It, it's pretty wide. Anyone who what? Believes. Anyone who believes in me. Anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach because I am going to the Father. This is the most loaded prophecy in Scripture. Right? And it's like Jesus takes us step by step saying, this is what I need you to do. Get the Father to abide in you. You abide in the Father. Don't worry, I'm going to do that for you in any way. I'm going to the cross. You're sorted, right? And he's like, when you speak, let it be initiated by God. He says, because that is really powerful. And if they don't want to listen to your words, then just show them some works. 
And you're like, oh, no, I can't do that. He said, don't worry, I've got that covered too. I assuredly and most solemnly say to you, that is surely and solemnly, that's pretty hectic stuff, right? <laughs> that you will do the same and greater. That's manifestation as sons of God. That's fire on the earth. That's, that's what he said. He said, I, I want to cast fire on the earth so that there will be passionate people for me so that they can do exactly what I prophesied because this is what I foresaw because all of creation is longing. We're longing. Creation is groaning. Surely we can see it right now. Creation is groaning. I have a friend in New Zealand the other morning. He says, he says I can't sleep. To put it on Facebook, I can't sleep. All I'm hearing is creation groaning, going, where's the sons, where's the sons, where's the sons of God? And this is us. We've got to step into that and allow the glory to manifest, allow the glory to do His thing. The glory is not a thing, it's a person. His name is Jesus, He's the King. It's when Jesus, the glorious one, steps into the room that anything is possible and this realm rips open and visions of God can come, the dead can be raised, manifestations can happen, signs and wonders that point them to Him. Where we speak and it happens, prophesy rain and it rains, shut the heavens and it shuts, This is us. We've got to move, remove all the other fluff and just go, Lord, this is what I've got to do. Got to be like Mary right now. And allow the Son of God, Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? Allow that one to roar and to be to get out of the way as much as we possibly can. Yes, he needs your flesh, he does, weirdly enough. But we've got to get out of the way and open the door for him to just be him. Let go of the limitations. Invite that realm into the earth. So my desire for us this morning is that John 14, 12 will come on us in a great way. That the Lord will impart that into our spirits, that the understanding, the unlocking of that verse, because we all know the verse, we actually got tired of it. That's the scary part. We got familiar with it. We got familiar with it. I, you know? I got familiar with it. Maybe you didn't. You can't be familiar with a verse that prophesies a destiny so big and so large. Right? And to allow this to be made fresh this morning. We want to pray for you for that. We want to pray for an impartation of understanding on this thing. An impartation is it's just simply God unlocking truth inside of you. But revelation sparks revival. You've got to understand that. That every move of God was sparked because somebody got a revelation somewhere about a nature, a side of God that they didn't have before. Revelation in your own life come, uh, revival, awakening in our own lives come because we have a revelation of something of Christ that we didn't have before. That's why words matter. 